Today's podcast is brought to you by... Hey, stop doing that, man. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> I don't... I'm trying to be professional here. Talk about the fact that the podcast is brought to you by Port City Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. That was good. It's located at 8 Greenleaf Woods Drive in Forston, New Hampshire. Uh, inside the Seco Sports Club, your mom and dad and Susie are calling you. <laughs> Susie. Who's Susie? My mom. It's just how it got entered in my phone. Oh. <laughs> You're not being professional anymore. <laughs> oh. I couldn't be from the beginning because someone started to laugh. Uh, we're, lo- <laughs> we're open seven days a week of uh, classes for everybody. Um, check us out on the web at portcitybjj.com. Also by Everproven CrossFit in Dover, New Hampshire. We are located at 51 Washington Street. In the heart of Dover, in the old mills, for now, pretty badass place. Um, if you want to call us, it's 603-740-0822, or you can email us at, uh, for any kind of uh, inquiries on information, is stone, S-T-O-N-E, at evrprvn.com. That's also our website, evrprvn.com. And speaking of which, our guest today uh, was Matt, uh, head coach and co-owner of Ever Proven CrossFit, as well as Kyle Sykes from 207 CrossFit. And together they put together something called Alliance Performance, which is competitive training, programming, coaching for competitive athletes in the functional fitness area. Um, so, uh, it was a great conversation. Here's the podcast. Again, <laughs> Sharp on Podcast number nine. Back at it again. Uh, today we're uh, here with uh, two box owners as well as uh, uh, guys that are doing some awesome uh, competitive training uh, programming um, as well as programming for their own gym. Um, Matt Michaud, owner of Everproven CrossFit. Hello. And Kyle Sykes, owner of 207 CrossFit. Hi. <laughs> so, um, uh, primarily, we, I mean, we uh, wanted to bring these guys on because uh, they are uh, not only programming for their own gyms, for their uh, general masses, but they're also programming for competitive training uh, through their different gyms. Um, Why should you pay attention to this? Because you should own your own fitness. And I've, I've said it a couple of times. Is, is like If you're not paying attention to why you're doing something, if you're just blindly going in and um, just working out and then leaving uh, without any kind of uh, thought about why you're doing what you're doing, um, then you're, you're sitting at a loss. Um, if, uh, how do you guys feel about that? I, I, I think there's a big difference between what we're doing with the Alliance performance and what we would do in our regular gyms for the most part. I think um, 
biggest thing with CrossFit is there's there's you know there's the whole sports side of it too. But I mean, ultimately, that's a small percentage of the amount of people and in, involved in in CrossFit. You know, most people are using CrossFit to take back their lives, to do things that they didn't think they'd ever be able to do, and to just become you know really take control of their fitness, like you're saying. Uh, to me, there's nothing really else that can emulate that or make the most sense. Um, you know, and I can give you my background and why I found it and what, what it did for me, uh, personally, but I think we all have that different like type of journey to, to get us where we want to be. Um, and as far as, you know, how to get there, I think CrossFit does it the best, you know, as far as, you know, being a competitive athlete in the sport, uh, because CrossFit is also a sport, as you guys know there's different avenues you can take and there's a million different pieces of advice you can do. What we're trying to do is do something that's comprehensive and makes sense. Um, but also doesn't really is, it isn't ridiculous. You know what I mean? There's a lot of stuff out there. I think is like overblown and too much. I don't know if, if that makes, makes kind of sense to you guys, but you know, there's definitely those different routes to look at it. Yeah. And, um, uh, Colin, what's your take on like your, uh, uh, people coming in and, and just, uh, like just coming into workout or I mean I think what I'm trying to get at is is uh programming something that people should all kind of pay attention to it's just, it's like why why are they stepping in and why are they doing the workouts that they're doing uh because like there is there's always an end goal to everything um and and that's kind of where I'm pointing at is is the programming side of CrossFit it's not just like something completely random there is a methodology to it, and that's kind of what we're investigating here today. Um, okay. Um, what? <laughs> uh, yeah. It's still like really open ended, so I don't really know oh, well, which, I, which I way could, to go about yeah. it. I guess a good question you know? is how did um how did the whole alliance programming thing where where was the spark for that? Where did it come from? And and how'd you guys without giving away you know too many of your methods and 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 all that like what what was the uh, well, what I mean, was the method behind the madness? Um. I mean, I pretty much just started posting, like, a bunch of the stuff that we were doing at our gym anyways onto, like, the 207 website after a while. Like, a few people bugged me. Like, we had just been doing it for a long time. And then um, and then Matt wanted to kind of partner up. And then... Yeah, I had a grander vision, I guess, about yeah. um, kind of taking people that have like-minded, you know, that are like-minded to myself and, you know, think, people that are doing things the right way. And I've always kind of admired Kyle and, and, and the fact that he's one, one, he's a pretty humble dude and he's really talented at what he does. And, you know, from a programming standpoint, I, I'm always a person who kind of see what, see, sees what I'm doing and looks around and see what other people are doing because, hey, I could have some holes in my game. You know, I don't think that anything that I do is 100% perfect. There's always something I can improve on. And one of the people I really noticed was pretty close was Kyle's, Kyle's um, talents. Ta- he's a pretty talented programmer. I was looking at what he was doing and I was looking at the results that his athletes were getting and I said you know what if I take him and I and put it together and I think that with some of my talents and some of his talents we can make something pretty special out of this and I think for the results this thus far we've we've seen some major progress out of some athletes that not not only from a programming standpoint but in confidence and in um, you know general abilities for 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 what it's worth you know taking what what Kyle can can do and adding it to what I can do um, I think it's done done us some pretty done people some pretty solid work on, on on themselves, you know. Just because you're seeing people change, you know, and it's almost like really, really short. How it's we haven't been doing it for that long, so the amount of change in a short amount of time is always going to be 
in the beginning pretty I think pretty lofty at first, but you know, after a little while, we're not seeing really people hitting plateaus right now, and I'm I'm pretty excited about that. So Alliance Performance is a program that you guys came up with together. Um, kind of what was the, the the goal of you know writing this program? What what is, or what is the end goal, or where do you see this going? I th- I think for me personally, the end goal was first of all, first of all was to do something kind of fun. You know, provide something for athletes that they could be interested in and help keep them going for those who want to be competitive, uh, but also something that's not going to burn people out. Yeah, you know, the volume's a bit more manageable yeah. than, than like a lot of the stuff that you'd see out there. Just it's, it's something a little more real world and like attainable for like somebody that actually has a life outside of CrossFit. Mm-hmm. So right. just trying to make best bang for your buck, I guess. Yeah. How long have you guys been working together on this stuff? It's about, about 20 weeks. Yeah, I think so. 20 yeah. weeks? Yeah. And uh, for, for those of you uh, that are <coughs> tuning in, like this is the first week of the Open. So it's kind of like, what have you got, what steps have you guys put into play to bring, uh, bring your athletes to this point? I think a lot of it has to do with, you know, obviously the build up to it. It was, a, a, from our standpoint, we were taking some people that weren't in, from, you know, in our gym, we were taking people that weren't necessarily exposed to it 100% and really taking some adaptations. So we did, you know, in the beginning there was a cycle where we were trying to get people up to speed, I think. And then once we did that, it was kind of like, well, if people are up to speed here, we can probably move forward and do things generally like we were, like, like you would see anywhere else. I think it was like a small strength bias for like, what, four or five weeks? Yeah. And then just kind of drop down to stuff that was a little bit faster paced and higher volume, but right. like 10 to 15 minutes yeah. worth of shit. Yeah, and I think that you know taking a lot of the the ideas with from CrossFit and adding you know outside influences as well. If, if you if you're trying to be competitive, you can't be in one track mind. CrossFit is CrossFit. CrossFit's going to be probably the best bang for your buck no matter what as far as fitness goes. Now, when you start training for sport, you have to open your expansion, open up your mind a little bit to different methodologies, maybe you know. So there's a lot of stuff that I think we're, we're doing to add to that. Um, you know, I do a lot of stuff with our athletes mobility wise, with skill wise, and then, you know, coming on and coaching one-on-one, one of the biggest things I think is preparing people, people's mental game. That is a massive, important thing to do with people. You can, you can follow any program in the world, any program in the world, and you're going to get some results out of it. But if you're doing it on your own, on your own, you're not getting coached. People's mental game doesn't change or, you know. It's it's harder to do, I'd, I'd say. You, know, you guys program like anything that's just like one of those uh, mental mental suck um, <laughs> workouts. There's a lot. I mean, there's a lot of that. I mean, I think that's a lot. That that, that comes with the territory. I think a lot of the stuff that you see, if you look at it on a paper, you're going to say, "Oh, I guess that's not that bad." And then you kind of unfold that. If you, it's like opening a Christmas present. When you pull the bow, you're like, "Man, I'm going to expect this." When you open up the box, there's something completely different inside there that you weren't expecting. And you can kind of do that with the with the programming sometimes. If you see something on paper and you're like, "Wow, that really doesn't look that bad," and then it, it gives you a, it gives you a good challenge when you uh, actually dive into it. Yeah, there's definitely a fine line to walk with that, though. Like, you can do some things that are really mentally tough, but they don't like produce good results for your body. Sure. Though, where it's like, oh, now your body's just kind of shit for a week, and you're tougher, but you're not gonna be able to. 
yeah, yeah. be better at fitness. I'm huge. So there's, there's some that are really good for mental toughness, but they do still bleed over and they don't just destroy you. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah. And you have to have a good balance of that too. I'm glad you said that because one of the biggest things is like you can do workouts that are just going to crush you and destroy you all the time. But what is the end result? I like, used to do a lot of those. Yeah. And they, you, you just get nowhere. Right. You're like, oh, I feel tough. But then you kind of yeah. suck at one working of, out. So. One of the things that Kyle, <laughs> <It's not that laughs> one of the things that Kyle and I have really talked about is like, looking at, you know, training volume and looking at doing things that make sense for progress, no matter if it's one modality or another. Um, I think there's a lot of programming out there that tends to be bias. And when it's bias, I think you get really good at one aspect of things, but you might be losing out somewhere else, or you might be doing so much volume that you're actually creating minor injuries that turn into big injuries. You know, and from a competitive standpoint, those are things that are really going to affect your game. Yeah. Um, uh, so basically, like, I mean, you're kind of saying like that, that general, general preparedness. I mean, it's just like it, 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 when you get into the opens there, it's like, it, like Castro can program anything, anything. Like sure. That. I mean, we, we saw overhead lunges. Uh, Nobody saw that coming. No one saw that one coming at all. I thought it was funny, though, that um, the week before that, I think it was Thursday, I was in there working in, the workout that Matt programmed was almost, it was was very similar to what that open workout ended up being. We did um, farmer's carries and burpees in between. So it was almost like that same, like, I thought it was just very similar. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Like, it was funny that that worked out that way. I mean... Ultimately, it's it's about who's the fittest, you know, who's generally the best, you know, because next week work next week's workout for the open is not going to be the same. It's going to be a different whole set of different, you know, rules and a whole set of different pieces. It might look like something you've seen before, but it's not going to be sixteen one again, you know. Right. So you might see some see some people that really shine this week that drop off the face of the earth next week. Right. Um. So when it comes to programming, you know. I mean, I don't know the first thing about programming. I think that's one of the things that I really value about, you know, um, CrossFit in general is, you know, you kind of go in and, and someone is it's very complete, you know, especially at Everproven and, uh, you know, just from the results that a lot of people from 207 get and things like that and the way you've talked about Kyle, like the program, and I've looked at some of Kyle's programming, it, it, it seems to be very complete. Um, are there some, you talked about strength biases at the beginning of the uh, Alliance programming and then you kind of adjusted that as things went on try to get everybody strength up and stuff like that are there some principles that you guys follow when you're programming for your gyms and were there some principles you followed for when you programmed for alliance and were they different or the same like how i guess what i'm saying is for someone who doesn't know anything about programming are there some some principles you follow and then when you did alliance program the the program for alliance did anything change, and, and, and what was the, the principles behind that? Um, but at our, are we kind of run 207 a little funny um, compared to a lot of other boxes. Like, we don't really do classes or anything like that. We just run as an open gym all the time, so you just kind of come in and we work with you, so it's a little chaotic. So pretty much it's the exact same thing as the Alliance program. Just what we do is we scale it day to day. So for our average member to come in, we have like a scaled version of the WAD, but it's kind of that old CrossFit concept of everything being universally scalable. So if you're a really high-end competitive CrossFitter, yeah, you're going to have to do muscle-ups and a bunch of handstand push-ups and stuff like that. Um, but 
your 50 year old ladies probably that that's not competitive is probably still going to do pressing motions and pulling motions and, and, and stuff that involves L sits and stuff like that. So we just kind of scale it to them. Um, I'm kind of a big believer in that concept. Not that they're supposed to be two separate categories. It's, it's fitness is fitness and right. just, you just change the intensity relative to the mm. individual. So a well-rounded program is a well-rounded program. You just mm. tailor it to the person. Right. Um, so as far as, biases or anything like that in the, the program like how to set that up is that part of the question today? yeah like i guess like uh like what 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 do you feel or, or are the things you follow to make a well-rounded program sure you know what i mean um swallow your pride is a little part of it right like uh definitely with like the strength program part of it um it's really hard if you watch some 160 pound girl front squat 295 really really easy and then you have to go do front squats to not just put that on the bar and then maybe five pounds more just feel good about yourself right you know like doing 65 percent and 70 percent loads for speed reps it's nothing compared to what you see other people weightlifting. but that's kind of thing that gets you those heavier weights without feeling macho while you do it that's a hard that's something that we throw in there but i think that's hard for a lot of people to kind of follow i think like so when I program for the gym, there's certain things I want to hit each week. You know, there's certain there's certain areas we, we want to hit. We want to help people get stronger. And there's a whole batch of stuff we have to do when we do that. You know, you have to think think forward about where you want to see people going and what's going to give them the most benefit. And I like to survey how everybody is kind of doing. Um, and, you know, moving forward with, like, a lot of the new software that you guys know about with with workout tracking and things like that, that's going to be a big thing for us, for me to look at and seeing how people are progressing because then you can ad- adapt. When he said swallowing your pride, you have to swallow your pride as a programmer too um, because if you're doing something and you're putting something out there that doesn't work for people, then you really need to reevaluate what you're doing. Uh, I, when I started programming, I programmed for another gym for a number of years or for a little, I wouldn't say a number of years, for, for a short time. And I started writing my own programming and um, programming for athletes that on the side a little bit here and there. And uh, uh, when I started out doing it, a lot of it was trial and error and, you know, learning about how people move and how people progress and, you know, what t- different people's body types are going to adapt to. And if you're trying to build a program that's gener- to help people become generally physically prepared, uh, a lot of times it's hard to do specific things. Does that make sense if you're trying to program for the masses? Right. So if you see us, I can take Kyle's concept of universal scalability, and you can go both ways with that. So if you're looking at, say, a strength component where it's find a heavy set of five, well, that means different for you, for me, and and everybody else in the room. So percentage work sometimes might not be a factor when it comes to you know larger masses of people. But at the same time, you're going to see people scale intensity up if they're ready for it. Right. You know, and when it comes to being a coach, that's where you really have to pay attention. And that's where you have to make sure people are moving safely. And that's where you have to pay attention to uh, people's progress. And I'm a big believer in, in that aspect of things. As far as laying out a week, when I, when I lay out a week, there's certain things that I want to do and certain modalities that I want to hit every single, every single week. Um, and whether it be really intense or lower intense. Um, but you know, you know, we program with strength all the time. You'll see some CrossFit gyms out there that they're very Metcon bias, right? 
I've written this down before, and you're going to see some gyms that are going to do chippers all the time. They're going to do these 20-minute marathon workouts or longer workouts, and those people are going to have a lot of endurance probably. They'll be able to handle higher, higher volume. But when it comes to heavy, moving heavy weight for short, short bursts, good luck. You know? Or you know, high-skilled. You're going to have some gyms that all they do is do Olympic weightlifting, and they might have some really skilled, strong people. But throw them into a, into a chipper that has to go longer like this one on the Open this week. Are they going to survive that? So it's all about finding the balance between all of those different mo- all those all those different methods and things that are going to pop up potentially that giant bingo ball shuffler any event that can pop up in the world, and finding that balance between the two, and um, doing it in a way that makes it enjoyable for people too. Right. Because uh, I think that that's a big thing with people's success and progress is that if they're not enjoying what they're doing, it's gonna it's gonna be shitty. Um, athlete out of our gym. Went to regionals a couple of years ago, and the program I wrote for him was pure misery for him because it was it was it was weakness work for him, and he really isolated himself f- away from the group. And as a coach and a programmer, I learned a big component to what I was doing as far as programming. Yeah, he got really good and he worked on his weaknesses, but we took a lot of the fun out of the sport for him. Right, and that was my mistake for letting him get to that that place he was really really in a dark spot and i still really regret programming programming for him that way you know right um because it just took the wind out of his sails and when it was all said and done it was like a breath of fresh air for him you know so you know as a coach and a programmer i think you're constantly adapting to what you're doing and you have to be open-minded. You have to know when you suck as a coach. I've told myself a million times, man, I fucked that up. And it's not about like, you can't like let it dwell on you, but learn something from it. Constantly keep an open book. Because the day that you think you know everything is the day you should stop. 100% believer in the the day you think that, man, I'm the best programmer in the world. I am completely, you know, I'm the shit. We can write a great program, but you can still learn things from other people. And the day you lose that open mind is the day you should probably hang up your coach's whistle or whatever the hell we have. Right. Yeah. Timer. Timer, Marker. Coffee. Timer marker. I think Derek Derek's relating on that on on a heavy heavy uh heavy plane. It's just like just like you always talking about like always learning. Right. Always learning. Well, I I find it and I mean so I feel like I fucking relate everything to jujitsu, but it's what I do most of my life. So, like, I mean, kind of guess what? Like, what I was getting at was, and you answered it, you know, pretty much perfectly. And we can dive into it deeper. But like, so when I'm teaching jujitsu, like the thing that I do is like I will do like, um, you know, without getting too specific. So you have to like really get into it. But like, I'll teach a a position for like a month, and then like, but it will be um, like three different techniques every week for that month so say it was like to relate it to like crossfit say like you're doing like um uh you know clean and jerk or whatever like the whole month would be clean and jerk but for that first week it would only be like uh you know pulling it into the power position you know what Mm -hmm. i mean and whatever and then you build upon what you did the last week for that entire month and then the next month i i switch it up and it kind of is the same position that i did the week before but the next step further you know what i mean sure so maybe i'll do a i'll do a clean for a month and then we'll just work on the jerk for the month you know what i mean like Mm -hmm. just relating to crossfit terms you know um so i can kind of like 
people, even if they forget what they were doing last month, without realizing it, they've been doing that for the next month too. You know what I mean? So it yeah. kind of is, 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 we move on without them forgetting about what they've just done. Um, when you're programming for CrossFit, like um, how often do you um, like? I guess I don't know how to say this without because I'm so like unfamiliar with strength and conditioning programming um how do you make sure you're hitting all the movements that you need to hit and how often do you hit them you know what i mean like and like or even not even movements but like modalities are you talking about going from strength to metconning and things like that like what is what is your your modality and your methods between mixing all those things together and, and get so so you make sure you're covering all your bases yeah i mean it's kind of like what what's what's the what's the breakdown right of, and what's the recipe like sure what, what's, what's your your recipe to, to making sure you're getting well-rounded athletes out of it i mean the constantly varied part's important um but basically kind of that macro meso micro cycle thing yeah, is, is nice um so like over the summer we ran so like I guess you call it kind of like that that month long period or something like that. We had like um, an Olympic program that we pulled from uh, Catalyst yeah. for a little bit, and and we just basically did snatch and clean and jerk for like three months straight. And that was, that was like almost every day, um, something heavy like that. But in the meanwhile, then you're trying to that's like your main meat right there, and then you kind of sprinkle other things on top of it to keep it constantly varied. And then sticking to the basics too, like never forgetting that the basics are what everything is built upon. If you have basic skills and you're very adept in basic movements and keeping those patterns strong, you're going to be able to do the higher skill movements much easier. So if you're struggling in a movement that maybe isn't, so say, say you're somebody who struggles with a snatch or we'll even talk about gymnastics movements. If you're somebody who's struggling with to try to get a muscle up, Let's work on the basics before we start jumping into doing a million muscle-ups, maybe. And that's where that universal scalability, I think, really comes into play is, you know, let's, put, let's program for the best, but make it work for people who aren't there yet. And let's not forget about them. You know what I mean? Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And then, um, yeah. So, wait, what? I guess uh, what do you guys consider like the basics I mean might as well, I mean like we're, we're trying to we're trying <coughs> movement to pick, patterns pick your pick your brains yeah. on and this one is, is like what are you guys considering the basics basics movements so Squat. squatting uh, you, you know you can look at the if you take a CrossFit level one course they're going to talk, talk about nine movements that are like the foundational movements mm-hmm. I mean you can even you can even break those down to add more to them like can you run well can you can you get into a proper position to squat? Um, so there's a lot of things that come into play there. Is it mobility that's restricting you from doing what you need to do? Is it um, going to be strengthening a certain part of your body to do a basic movement like a like a squat or a pull or a deadlift? You know, when we talk about basic movements, you get to think about they have function. CrossFit's all about function functionality, right? These are things that are transferring over to real life. So let's talk about moving your body to get somewhere, picking up something. Um, getting under a, a load to move something, you know, these are basic human functions that, you know, you you have to be really strong at. And I think, uh, you know, as far as our society goes, there's a lot of people that suck at basic movement because they're sitting in chairs, they're wearing 
the wrong, they're wearing shoes that are going to, you know, fuck up their feet or put them in poor positions. And the way our culture is, you know, people want to, they want things fast. They want things now, you know, I want to be able to squat now, you know, but if they forget about the basic movement, trying to get down in that squat, I mean, I see so many people that are, they, they can't, just can't get into a squat. Look at a child. They can do it. Mm-hmm. You know, somebody, a kid can do it uh, because they haven't been exposed to years and years of mistreating their body or improper movement. I think it's just one of those things that relying on the basics is going to be super important to everything you do. I agree with that. I mean, if if only we could take children of like when their hip mobility is is amazing and they can like do duck foot and right. like have their their pelvis firmly implanted on the ground, and their feet are out to the side. Uh, like if you could just develop a child from, I'm sure you're probably already thinking about this, but yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> it's your boy. Um, <laughs> it's like it's like where do we lose? I mean, you hit you hit a nerve with me where it's just like where do we lose all? I mean, where do we lose that um, that basic mobility we're all born with? And it's just like, yeah, and it just and it, you hit the nail on the head, which is like sitting in chairs, wearing bad shoes, and all that stuff. Sure. Like, I mean, just the just the running shoe aspect. You yeah. just go right into that one. Yeah. But um, so I mean, you hit the basics um all the time, and then and then like what what kind of uh, what kind of stuff do you go into to just like as Kyle said, sprinkle throughout the top and 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 keeping keeping up. I mean, there's so many movements out there you, you could possibly do. Oh, you know, CrossFit is one of those things where there's, I mean, you pull from anything that you could possibly be exposed to. Yeah. So you have to be ready for a lot of that um, without getting into like super technical things that are super specific. So as we all know, CrossFit punishes the specialist. So. When I say that, just to, you know, if there's somebody that might be listening to this might not understand what that means. So we'll take the bodybuilder, the guy who's uh, an endurance athlete, uh, a guy who does the triathletes, and you've got the crossfitter, and um, we're going to take a bingo ball shuffler, and any event that you can possibly think of in the world is going to be able to pop out of that bingo ball shuffler. So the first event is a 10-mile run. Fucking sweet for the runner the bodybuilder or powerlifter guy is going, fuck me. And the crossfitter <laughs> is going to probably land somewhere in the middle. Right. You take the next event. Let's say it's the one rep max deadlift. Well, the powerlifter or bodybuilder is probably going to do fairly decent in that. That endurance runner is going to say, fuck me. Right. <laughs> and the crossfitter is going to be somewhere in the middle. All right. Next thing you do is going to be, uh, a, a swim, right. Endurance athletes probably going to be like, awesome. I get another event. Once again, the bodybuilder guy might not be so, or or powerlifter might not be so happy about that, right? Crossfitter is going to be in the middle. So the trend is the crossfitter is going to be pretty decent at everything. So the point is to be, you know, halfway decent at everything and suck at nothing, and uh, not be a not be overly special. So specialize and not specializing, kind of makes sense. Yeah. 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 I mean, it's it, it as a as a programmer, I see it like it's got to be mind-boggling for you guys to be be like, okay, well, we have this program, we're we're going through this, we're moving all of our athletes through this, and then you see something in the games that's like, 
let's load a bunch of weight into a wheelbarrow and then like that's that's, oh. that's fucking work, man. That's like that's real life. Yeah, right. and, and and I mean like and I think that was my, that's one of my favorite. Oh, other than that, I think what year was it? Was it two years ago? Where they had to throw the football as far as they could. Yeah. Like I was like, this is yeah. like like this is the greatest thing ever, and everybody should have fucking. Do you know, do you know how much shit yeah. they got for that though? Right. Like they were like, well, this is a stupid event, but no, it's actually it's a real awesome. it's a real yeah. test of, of real yeah. functionality what it is. Right. Um, you know, another thing too is like if you take. If you take a, a, a group of people who've never heard of CrossFit or anything and uh, like related to this, and you say, "I'm going to give you the skills to be good at everything," maybe not the best, but I'm going to give you skills that are going to make you be good at anything you could be faced with in life. You want to go climb a mountain? You want to go run a 5K? You want to go be able to build a wall in front of your house? You want to go be able to do yard work all day without feeling pain and move properly? People are going to be like, fuck yeah, I want to do that. And then you say the word CrossFit, and they're like, well, I'm going to Google that. And you see all this fake information out there that's like CrossFit's killing people and it's hurting people. So you're going to be paralyzed. Yeah. yeah. Right. That's my favorite. PTs love CrossFit. You know, right. like I have PT friends, I have chiropractor friends, my wife's a therapist. You know how many CrossFit injuries they see? None. All right. None that come from us, at least. Um, but, and then they get all this data out there. It's like, well, you know, you could work in a traditional gym and you're not going to get hurt. Okay. But how much of that data goes unreported, you know? And how much false data is there about CrossFit and people sensationalizing things? It's, it's just a bunch of bullshit. It's a very different mentality, too. Like, a lot of times when people come into like a CrossFit gym and they start working out, they start really giving a shit about their body and their performance and stuff. Meanwhile, like, if they tweak something, they didn't care about their body. They're not going to go to a PT or anything like that. So you have like this kind of, I guess, perception that, oh, you know, you do CrossFit and then now you have this this, this thing going on over here. And it's like, well, yeah, the only reason why they're going to see the PT in the first place is because they actually care. And it right. stuff happens sure. to people all the time. And for some reason, they associate just normal stuff with what they're doing, yeah. even though it's it's just things that happen anyways to that's people. A, that's a really good point that I think a lot of people don't think of, and I honestly didn't think of it until you mentioned it, that you're looking at, like, it's almost a controlled study, you know what I mean? It's yeah. like those people that are in the gym that are in a normal gym, A, I mean, if you looked at, you know, apples to apples, the results aren't there, first right. of all, and second of all, they're, they're probably not paying attention enough to their body to know that they're hurt. Or even if they did, they're not going to go do anything about it right, they'll right. just they'll just wait out while you get like this these people that really want to well, be I think fit it's, they're it's, starting to it's, care it's they, also i mean it's one of those things too where like uh so my wife um also does crossfit and uh she i mean to be i mean i mean she's always dealing with some some kind of injury and thing like that and you know what i mean like you should like hurt a thumb doing something or whatever you know and like you know her elbows hurt or whatever and it's one of those things where like if she, i think if she didn't like being a part of the community so much she probably wouldn't go get those things checked out she yeah. would sit there and be like all right you know like i'll just rest it you know yada 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 and it would go unreported unreported and right no but no but she goes and gets all this 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 maintenance care sure so that she can stay in it and keep doing and the thing that she here's loves another thing too that people don't understand is like well you're not where we may be. We people may have injuries already that we're just exposing and saying, Hey, right. you need to go get this looked at. Whereas, who's going to tell you that in a, in a global gym? The global gyms are great if you're just somebody who can sustain that. But what are the I mean, one big differentiation, too, I think is super important to talk about is if you take somebody 
and throw them in a gym situation. Like, man, I need to go to the gym. Why are they going there? Mostly, I'd say 90% of people go for aesthetics, right? They want to look good. They want to <coughs> have all these, they want to have the six pack for the beach. They want to have the guns for the, for the girls, right? You come to a CrossFit gym, we're all about function. We're all about getting you healthier and fitter. And we care about you as we care about your markers of your blood pressure and your you know your heart your resting heart rate and your body fat percentage and guess what the, uh, the aesthetic part will come if you care more about how much you can do in your work capacity and you know your functionality in the real world aesthetics are going to be part of that you know I think that's a huge thing that people don't understand the difference is that, that I don't care if you're 300 pounds and you come into my gym. You're going to be able to take that and add some functionality to your life. How, how, how much better can you walk up a set of stairs? How much better can you do yard work? How much better can you, I don't know, pick up your kids and play with them? You know, That's a big difference between us and the global gyms where you're trying to look at, like, I want to be a bodybuilder. Like, give me a break, you know? Like... If that's your sport, it's just not for me. But how much can that person do realistically? Right. But bodybuilding really, truly is the sport of finality. I love it when people make fun of CrossFit. And they're like, "Oh, CrossFit is is you know, it's a bunch of I don't know." They yeah. use derogatory We're, terms. I'm not going to say any derogatory terms. But think about this: you're if you're doing bodybuilding, you're greasing yourself up, you're tanning, and you're wearing a speedo, and you have a bunch of other dudes looking at you, and you're going to make fun of me? <laughs> okay. Well, I, well, another thing, too, is like, I mean, honestly, when you're, when you're, I mean, great, you know, you put all this work in to be a bodybuilder, and you, and you, and you put the work in to look that way or whatever, but like, you're, you're competing in a sport where the only thing that matters is how you look. Right. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, There's no be, real test. Like, uh, like it, when, all you have to do is just like, why are you doing that? Because I want to look better. Like, no, why are why are you doing your CrossFit? No, because no, I want to perform. Don't, wanna, don't, don't get me wrong. Healthy. It's okay to like, like I have no problem with somebody saying they want to look better. Like that's part of it too. But I don't think that's the main goal. It's a lot easier mentally as a side effect too. Right. When you have like achievable goals that you can actually like. Oh yeah, check off on a piece of paper. It's, like, it's, I deadlifted this much. It's way yeah. harder to versus, look at scale. Well, I think it's also you know, just it's generally a, bigger arms. You yeah, don't really. <laughs> right, right, right. There's right. no way to say I got there. Right, right. You know. Well, I think that was the thing. Is it's. I mean, you could say what you want about you know the injuries that happen, and, and we've kind of covered that. But I think it's also a lot healthier. I mean, one of the things I've, been, I've talked to Elliot about, and I've talked to you know Matt about, and pretty much a lot of people is like, you know, um, I just fi- recently found out that I'm not eating enough throughout the day. You know yeah. what I mean? Like I'm, uh, like a thousand calories short of how much I'm you're in a, eating. You're in a constant deficit, right. so you're not going to have enough energy right. to do the things that you want to. do. So, like a year, like or a year ago, before I started CrossFit, someone was like, "Hey, do you think you're eating enough through the day?" I'm like, "Yeah, I think I'm actually probably eating too much." In real, in reality, I'm not eating enough. You know what I mean? So, I think that that's like another one of those things that about CrossFit that people don't consider is the fact that like you're even though you're getting shredded and you know you look great. Not only now do you move better, but you're just generally more healthy. You know what I mean? It's not like we're, no one so far has ever been like, you need to not eat that. You know what I mean? Right. It's like, no, you need to get more calories in your body. You know what I mean? And, yeah. And, and uh, you know, that's varying on person to person and what your goals are. But, uh, you know, there's some people that definitely need to be fueling their bodies a little bit differently. I'm a huge believer. And, you know, Kyle and I have talked about this a million times. It is the whole thing, like, people say CrossFit, paleo, paleo. Well, you know, going back to the talking about competitive athletes, 
don't do paleo. If you're listening to this and you think that you're going to be competing and eating paleo, a strict paleo diet, please Google search something like Renaissance periodization or I don't know, eat to, eat eat to, to, perf- perform. Eat to perform or something else that will tell you that, hey, guess what? Carbs are okay. Let's give the thumbs up to carbs and like, you know, timing, timing and a lot of stuff. And this is a whole complete other conversation that you could probably do another podcast on is just, yeah. you know, nutrition for performing. But, you know, I think we're both believers and you know, I think you're a believer too, Kyle, that paleo is not for competitive I, athletes. I tried yeah. it for a little while and like you get leaner and like it would be good if like you have a just... You're just trying for general fitness. You want to look good on the sure, beach. Sure. And but your day to day life, you sit in a cubicle for eight hours and then you maybe get an hour of CrossFit in and you do yeah, that three and, times a week. Yeah. It's great. So I don't think paleo is bad for people who just want fitness. But I think if, I think if, it's a really good yeah. choice actually for people who aren't gonna need those extra calories and need you know as much. I think paleo is a pretty clean way to eat. But, yeah. Right. I, but if you're I, gonna be competitive, no. I, yeah, I, I definitely agree. Like paleo paleo I, I personally think paleo is an awesome awesome diet and yeah. like i've never felt better like my my like basically my insides felt never felt better there was a lot of i had a lot of ongoing issues like when i first started paleo that like completely disappeared uh when i went on paleo and it was a great diet but when i really started stepping into the competitive side of it and trying to push a little bit harder that's when i would just like burn out i would burn out hard mm-hmm. um and and yeah i mean like changing my switching my diet up like completely changed the game i mean like i had so much energy my strength shot up shot through the roof um so i i, I definitely hear you on that one i thought that yeah. was one of the most interesting things to me about the, or one of the, the most interesting side effects of crossfit for me personally anyway was like before i started doing crossfit like i used to get like uh like you could have told me, you know, you were lactose intolerant, you know, yeah, you know, you had a gluten allergy, yeah, you know, and, and I would get heartburn all the time, whatever. As soon as I started working out and doing CrossFit and kind of taking care of the rest of my body, all of that stuff went away. And I don't know if it's because, like, I got the opportunity and that, that the calories just weren't sitting there and, the, and you know what I, mean? I, was, I was constantly burning what I was putting in. But even that aspect of my life completely changed when I started doing CrossFit. I feel like I'm way more tolerable to a variation in my diet. You know what I mean? Like yeah. I followed, I mean, it wasn't strict paleo, but it was like a form of paleo, you know, before I st- even started doing CrossFit. Pop-tart like, paleo. Well, yeah, that was... Pop tarts are post CrossFit because I need those calories, son. <laughs> well, that's what I mean. Like before, I'd be like no dairy, no gr- no gluten, all that stuff. And now I'm like, you know, it's if I have a pop tart every now and then, it's not gonna fucking kill me because I'm sure. burning those calories. And you know? sure. I'm not just sitting there in my fucking and, gut. And one thing people have to remember is that you have to be a livable human being too. Like. Uh, you know, there's another thing you can think about is like people, some people have gone to the extremes with CrossFit, even of like giving up things in their life that are important to them or their family. And, you know, don't, don't ever be that guy that's at the birthday party trying to pull out beef jerky from their pocket and (laughs) avoiding the cake that, you know, it's okay to do that once in a while. And I, I tell people that. Right. You know, pretty, what, what if you really, really like beef jerky? <laughs> I mean, yeah, that's cool. share it with everybody. Put Jesus beef Christ. jerky on the cake. Now, I'm a pie guy, so I'd rather have <laughs> there, pie. there might have been a time when there was uh, Smiley's used to sell sheets of beef jerky. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'd be sitting, I believe this is before CrossFit, like I'd be at a bar out at night and I'd pull out beef jerky from my pocket. <laughs> I was, I was oh, oh. that guy. 
You think, look like a lumberjack, so it's okay. Like, I think everyone. I got, I got away with it. At least it wasn't like a piece of a squirrel or something. You know, I, I've like, seen I've seen Donald pull bacon out of his pockets on a regular basis. So you know, it happens. Bacon lined pockets. Right. There's a market right there. Kyle's writing it down. We're like, million yeah, million. Yeah, bacon lined pockets. Your proteins are up. You're chased by the neighborhood dogs. Right. <laughs> Getting your cardio in. Um, I bet you, you'd be pretty prepared for that if you went right, to CrossFit. Right. So um, one of the things you mentioned was um, when you were programming and things like that, you looked at like um, different methods, um, and 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 oh, and that's kind of the beauty of CrossFit. So um, we talk about this a lot, as um, and I've mentioned a couple of times, is CrossFit has it it has sparked my curiosity in a lot of things. You know, um, I got a chance because they were proven. You know, try some swimming, which went. Fucking terribly. We're gonna get back to that. <laughs> yeah. We're gonna get back uh, to that. I found, a, I found a huge hole in my fitness with the swimming, uh, and and you know we've got to work with uh, you know the guys from Muscle Driver and, and, and do some some you know pure uh, Olympic lifting and things like that. And you know there's always um, some addition of of some modality. You know you got yoga and things like that. Um, are there some uh, what modalities do you look at when you were um, programming for Alliance? And are there methods and things like that you're exploring to, to program into your, your daily programming too does that make sense yeah question? um i think there's definitely you know some good parallels to to trying new things all the time um but not if you're trying to if you're trying to program for this you know we said we're trying to be punished with the crossfit punishes the specialist and you try to specialize and not specializing well when you become a uh, specific when you're training for specifically for the sport of fitness, you have some specification. I think you and I agree on that, that you have to follow like some linear progression stuff. You have to do some, some straight up some work, you know? Um, but then you have to like, like Kyle said, sprinkle in a lot of the basics and you have to take an approach to that. Um, and he mentioned like cycles, like, you know, you know, micro cycles, meso cycles, macro cycles. And, um, I think you had some, you yeah, some, notes. some notes. Oh, we can get to it. Yeah, you guys, point, I mean, at, at some point you guys want to expand on the, on, on those different cycles. I mean, just yeah, sure. Yeah. Um, now go for it. Oh, <laughs> Three, okay. Two, one, go. Um, sure. I don't know. Like the macro part is like. You know, like you'd run like three to four months. You would just make sure that you were getting an abnormally high volume of a particular thing. So, like, let's say you you're just gonna be like, okay, we're gonna squat three times a week, and that's where we're gonna revolve everything around. Everything else takes a backseat. So you do that for like three months, and then you do something with Olympic weightlifting. You do something with body weight movements, high rep movements, stuff like that. That'd be kind of the macro thing. Um, the meso thing would be like you just kind of load up week or weeks with like a particular movement or modality or something like that. So like, you know, one week we're, we're going to do cleans every day and then you have another one we're going to do pull-ups three, four times a week. You know, that'd be kind of the meso. And then like the micro would be like, I like to do kind of like a weekend sandwich. So like whatever you end one week with, I try to sandwich that in on the next day. So like the following Monday, that way you get that nice little double exposure and kind of get that nervous system adaptation there. So I try to, try to run that. Um, as far as like some specificity, like swim is great. Awesome. Killer. But if you're trying to be like a competitive CrossFitter and you're just trying to kind of break into that realm a little bit, they're not going to have swimming in the open. So like that'd be great if you're like guaranteed to make it to finals and stuff like that. If you're like Ben Smith where, you know, regionals is not that bad for you. The opens, you're guaranteed. Um, so you need to focus on, okay, well, I want to win the finals. So I'm going to make sure I know there's a swim event. I'm going to try to win it. 
Um, that'd be really good for those guys. So there's like certain things. Um, some of the stuff that basics are really, really good in the beginning, like just learning how to pick up awkward objects and stuff like that. Um, well, you still want to sprinkle it in there. It's not really like the heavy focus for somebody that, that wants to become competitive. Um, you might do some local things that involve awkward objects and it's great to have exposure to that translates to real life. Well, but, um, there's like a dozen or so movements that right. that really take precedent. And, and I think that, you know, there's some variation between like, you want to be do well at local events or do you want to do well in the open? And if you're training to do well in the open in the regional, uh, then it's time to like really nail down what you need to be good at. You need to be good at the basic, the nine basic skills. You need to be able to be good at Olympic, Olympic weightlifting. You need to be pretty skilled with some gymnastics. Um, when we say gymnastics, we mean like, you know, things like being good on your hands, um, being able to use your body weight and move around your body weight, um, be able to do things on the rings, muscle ups, you know, in the higher skill gymnastics movements. Those are, those are pretty important as far as being a competitive CrossFitter. I think that's where a lot of people, you know, lose, lose a lot of the, uh, uh, I don't know. They score lower, we'll say, if it is their gymnastic skills, uh, because they're a lot harder to. They're not as fun to practice either. Uh, they're, you know, they're not for for most people. They're harder to progress into. You already have to have a base amount of strength to get there, so you can progress into that stuff. And there's stuff out there like skill wad and stuff. I, I believe in some of that stuff, but I feel like there's you can only do progression so long before you have to start adding raw strength in. And then there's a whole other component of like you have to be conditioned in all aspects of conditioning. You have to be able to sprint. You have to be able to have a you know a mid range, and you have to be able to go long. And you're always going to be biased towards one of those. Um, you know, for example, I do better in long workouts uh, personally because my body is built a little more endurance bias when it's like a two or three minute workout with full intensity. I'm not as good as that. That's my favorite. Yeah. And see, God, so, I hated seeing 20 minutes show up in the open. I was like, so, so <laughs> Kyle and I competed anything over 17 minutes. I just crash and burn. Kyle and I competed at a competition this, this, uh, summer in Maine and we ended up winning it. Um, because we're so balanced differently. He's very strong where I'm weak and I'm pretty strong where he's weak. Right. So we made a really good team, and we ended up going out there and crushing it, uh, and and it, teaming up in a, like a, a partner competition like that where we took home some cash. It was it was it was cool. And, but you know that was a spot where if it was individual, I would have not done as well that day. Um, so getting yourself exposed and doing you know knowing what you're weak at is very important as far as you know being ready for for uh, competitive CrossFit. And, and with that too, you have to you have to take yourself to the next level, and you have to from a programmer too. You have to program things that people aren't going to like, that they're going to suck at, because that's the only way they're going to get better at is if they get that exposure to it, you know. And they constantly get exposed to it, and it's one of those things where if you're not good at something, you should be doing it all the time, you know. From a coaching standpoint, that's where you're going to see people's mental game and you got to really be have a good relationship with those people because if you have an athlete that doesn't want to do the things that they're bad at and you have to figure a way to weed it into their weed it into them and you have to be there to support them but also get them through it you know in a way where you can get into their head and make sure that they're um progressing you know and, and getting that progress and a lot of times you have to be the catalyst to, to their mental game as well i think that's super important um it, 
talking about like uh, general athletes and as well as com- competitive athletes, what I mean, what is what is the biggest difference between like your alliance programming and then just the standard CrossFit programming? I think uh, you know the biggest difference between the two is the level of intensity, of course. Um, and the amount of skills people are expected to be proficient at before they step into the arena of being on, on the competitive side. Now, if you take what Kyle said earlier and make it universally scalable, which it is, um, you might see different movements happen. You might see things that are substituted for other movements to help people get to the next level. I think there's a constant pursuit of excellence and, um, that starts right from, from the beginning. So it's still CrossFit. I mean, we're just putting it out there to people and, and showing them something that's at a level of, hey, you should be able to do these things if you want to do well in the open or the regional. Um, I think that's, if you look at the Alliance workouts, I think they're very, very well-rounded. And uh, I think if you're very good at all the things that you do on, on those workouts, you're going to do halfway decently in the open or the regional. Okay. Um, now, I mean, like I... I Speaking of uh, ever proven specifically, um, we've seen this change in, in the in the general programming where it's the um, performance lifestyle lifestyle and fitness. Yeah. Um, which uh, at first I was I, I was taken aback. I, like honestly, as as one of your coaches, I, I was taken aback. I was like, this is like totally different. I'm just used to just like instantly scaling things for people, and now it's like up on the board, and I'm like. It, it, I'm seeing the beauty of it and how, and, and what, and the more I talk to other people from other gyms, I was just talking to somebody uh, about this the other day where, I mean, the, 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 the gym, he went to one gym where they, they basically like didn't even try to scale things for people. They just like put up a pro put up a, a workout and said, just do this. And, um, when the coaches were asked like, well, I can't really do this. And they're like, well, just don't do the, just don't do that. And, we have it right up on the board mm-hmm. where it just says, like, if you can't do this, you can do this. And you guys saw that I had definitions of each one of those written out ahead of time. And it's, yeah. it's, it's so if you're, you know, if you're looking at the three levels that we have, I, you can call it whatever you want. We just happen to choose those, you know, fitness, lifestyle, and performance. And then there's the competition level, which is, you know, uh, not on the board. That's a little bit different. But if you take one your one your let's put it in a nutshell here one's going to be for basic skills and um developing basic skills and not adding a shitload of intensity to it but making sure that people are moving well and that they're getting things and they're getting some confidence they're these are the people that are going to be working on just getting back to the basics right and then you add the next level up would be okay now you've got the basics pretty solid and you're going to start to add some higher skills and add some intensity right because we want to be Always you want to be technique first and then be consistent in that technique before we start adding intensity to people, right? And there's always going to be, you know, a level of intensity in what we do here because without intensity, you're not going to have results, you know? Um, And then at the performance level, you're looking at people that are very, very adept across the basic movements and some more technical movements, but now they're starting to add the real technical movements. They're starting to add a lot more strength. They're, uh, you know, they're, they're moving with heavier loads and, um, the intensity is really there. So I think that gives people a designation. It's not saying you have to do one level or the other. It's saying that you can follow this as a guide and a pathway to help you succeed. (coughs) Yeah. Yeah. And I think it's the biggest difference between, you know, what we do 
in our gym. And I know Kyle's gym runs very, very um, similarly. You have yeah. leveling as well. Yeah, we just do one, two, three, four, yeah, and, depending on the day. Right. And, yeah. and the, uh, you know, if you do that for people, it just, you make a connection with your athletes, you give them something and they can see measurable progress and always give something, something for them to strive for. I think naturally we're competitive people, you know, it's our nature and to give something to shoot for, it always, you know, whether you're competing with yourself or the person next to you is always going to have that element of, you know, trying to better yourself. It gives you a little bit more that you can throw out there too, to like challenge people. You're not like locked into who your median member is. Right. You can kind of spread it out. So like there's certain benchmark workouts that just, if you threw that up for your whole gym, it would just, crush people sure or you know you can kind of level it out so that way your 65 year old grandmother can do the workout beside the 25 year old competitive person that that wants to do king kong at some point in their life right all right we're gonna throw that up on the board today but we're gonna level it out that way this person over here is doing a little bit more easy progressions on the gymnastics weights and stuff like that and We'll have somebody else do it as sure. as prescribed. It, one thing is really glorious about that, in my opinion, is that exactly what you said: the the grandma next to the the Robbie or the super competitive athlete. I mean, there's so much misconception about that CrossFit is just the CrossFit Games, and it's just that you know we're all just throwing around, slamming barbells around, and ripping our shirts off and flexing. And it's not. It's the people like grandma who can walk up and down the stairs now, but also high five your competitive athletes yeah. at the end of a workout. That's or beauty to me. That they essentially still did the same thing. Yeah, yeah. exactly. And, yeah. and it's, it's, there's no, there's no one feeling that they're not worth being there. And that's a big, that's a huge thing for me. You know, it, you come in our gym and your gym, it's the same way. Everybody's high five and smiling and happy to be there go ahead and walk through a planet fitness and see how many people are talking to each other with big smiles on their faces and high five. And after they're done working out, I, I think you're, you're touching on something that, that is a, that is like one of the biggest misconceptions about CrossFit. Is it like from the outside world, from the globo gyms, they think it's just like, it's a bunch of fire breathers, a bunch of dudes with ripped abs. They're just like ripping their shirts off before they're even warmed up and throwing barbells around with poor form, shitty form. When you 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 look at like CrossFit dot com like their Instagram, I mean like their Instagram is full of like look at what this person achieved. I mean there was um was it yesterday they had um I think the PC term is little person um down at CrossFit Swamp the Swamp yeah like doing the sixteen point one. Those are great guys down there, by the way. I'll, I'll throw that out there. Yeah. Uh, uh, who's the owner of that? Patty Bosco. Oh, that is Patty, Patty's? Mike okay. Yeah. yeah. Um, I, I remember him when he visited our gym a uh, long time ago when the USAW cert. Yeah. <laughs> that was a long time ago. Um, but there is this misconception about what exactly CrossFit is doing. And, like, yeah, we have the games. And, and, and that's what a lot of people see. And they, they don't see, like, the underside of it, which is, like, taking care of anybody that walks through that door. Um, and, and it's just like, I mean, how, how do you guys find yourselves challenged by people that are not your average, typical person who walks through the door? Like, that, that, that like, have, I mean, I know we we've have multiple people like that, that, like, that are not, like, your standard, like, 
college kid, college type, or something like that, or, 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 I mean, how do you, how do you guys approach that kind of, um, uh, I wouldn't want to say challenge, but how do you, how do you approach, uh, your general, like, like your not so average person that walks through that door? I, I approach it with excitement because it allows me personally to challenge myself as a coach and a programmer to make something work for somebody and that that isn't your typical person that you're going to see all the time. Uh, I love it, to be honest with you. There's We have a number of athletes in our gym. We've got somebody in a wheelchair. We've got um, a couple kids with autism. Um, and we've got people in there that have been told no their entire life. Well, guess what? We're going to tell them yes, and we're going to give them some tools to keep saying yes. You know, we've... I want to point out the fact that you called them athletes. Yeah, they are. Which is is awesome. They are. There's no difference between them and anybody else. They have a life to live, and you have to treat them the same as everybody else or else you're, I don't know, you're not doing your job. But it's a challenge for you because it's outside the box a lot of times. But uh, it, it takes some thought. Yeah. As as exciting as it can be to work with like someone that's like really really competitive and athletic and stuff like that, it's not going to be as profound for them as somebody that comes in and they they can't squat more than a few inches down, or like just getting something off the floor is a challenge for them and, and things like that. Getting somebody that can not move very well and you get them to move well in general is going to be a lot more profound and it's going to have a bigger effect on their life than some kid that walks in that can clean 200 pounds, now he can clean 250. His life didn't change too much. But you get somebody that can't go hiking typically because they get too winded or they make it a little bit up the mountain or something like that. Now they can go do stuff with their kids. Um, They can keep sports that they didn't think they were going to be able to do for too much longer. They can pick sports back up that they used to do. Um, We have people that thought they'd have to give up skiing soon just because their knees were slop. And now they can do it and they can keep doing it. Or we've had people that, oh, you can't run anymore. Uh, and you build up their legs enough and, oh, they can, they can run again. They can start going out and jogging on the weekends like they used to. So I, I like seeing that person come to the gym a whole lot more. Um, it's not as like much, I think, prestige revolving around the person. You know, you can't like slap T-shirts and they go win competitions and stuff, but whatever. Their life is going to be a, a whole lot different because of it. Than, than the higher end people, I, and it's it's more rewarding for me. I think when I, agree, I see, I agree with you one hundred percent, one hundred percent agreement there. It's and with with Alliance Performance that we're doing, yeah, that's for the competitive athlete. That's for that side of things because there are people that want that, and I think there's a need for it. Uh, I think we're, I'm pretty proud of of that as well, and it's fun. And I have a lot of enjoyment with seeing people progress that way, but. If that's all you concentrate on, if you build your gym off of uh, competitive athletes only, you're going to miss a whole lot. You're going to miss the f- person that never thought they were going to get a pull-up, do a pull-up. You're going to miss somebody like Erica that comes to our gym. She's in a wheelchair, hasn't stood up out of her wheelchair since she was a child and did it two weeks ago and was able to walk a couple steps. You know, she's de- she's got spina bifida. And people have told her she was going to be bound to that wheelchair for, for life. And we said, fuck you. We're going to make sure that that happens and you change your life. And you know what? I, I don't like when people say, you can't do that. Um, this is a big reason why we named the gym that we did the way we did. Um, and I can go into the backstory on that some other time. But um, you want to see me fail? 
you're not going to get your chance. Um, you want to see other people fail, you're not going to get your chance. You ever been told no in your life? Come, come into a CrossFit gym. You'll get, you'll get told yes. Uh, it's pretty goddamn rewarding and awesome to, to help people like that, you know? As far as, I mean, as far as uh, box owners, um, <laughs> where do you see yourselves? At, at what point do you see yourselves? Like, like, it's like you said, like, doctors said, hey, buddy, you can't ski anymore because your, your knees are shit. Like, like just, just give up, give it up. And it, it, at one point, do you, do you, like, do you go against the grain um, as far as, like, I mean, like, telling somebody, like, I guess uh, what I'm trying to get at is, is, is it, I've, I've said it before on podcasts where it's just, like, people, like, doctors, PTs, they all want to keep you in this little tiny safe box. Yeah, it's um, a lot easier to say, no, don't do that, than, yeah. oh, I keep trying. And, and then, it, a lot of times it's, like, it's mm. legal. It's, it's legal aspect of it. Right? Yeah, they, right. just, they don't want to get a lawsuit. I don't know how many times I've been injured and gone to the doctor, and they're like, you probably shouldn't be doing that anymore. I'm like, well, what's the point of living life then if I'm not going to be able to do the things I want? You know? right. Yeah, that was a really easy answer. Right. But Doctors you know. aren't trained to prevent people from having injuries. They're tra- well, maybe they are, but they're prevent- they're- doctors are trained to fix things two ways. They're trained to fix things with pills and fix things with surgeries. And we're trained to fix things ahead of time, avoiding those pills. Right, so preventative maintenance. Right. Yeah, I mean, like, uh, without any any coaxing on your part, you actually said something that, like, I've said it in in an earlier podcast where it's just like pe- you're giving people the ability to get things back that they kind of said, like, well, I can't really do this anymore because my knees suck or my back sucks or something like that. Yeah. And then, like, you get into CrossFit and you get into, like, people, like Matt said, people saying yes instead of no. Yeah, and, and a big chunk of that is just the basic stuff. So, like... Um, they're, when they're doing certain activities like skiing, that's like the pinnacle of fitness. That's the sport part. But if they're not doing the conditioning that leads into that or any of the strength building that leads into that, eventually that sport part's going to break down. So when they kind of show up to a CrossFit gym or a box, um, they start kind of working at the basics again. They, they do their just general strengthening, general conditioning, and they build their body back up. And then the sport pops back up on the top of that little pyramid again. Um, and it just kind of, it's just how it goes. Um, and you know, I try not to like mislead anybody. Like they're going to come in and be like, Oh yeah, don't worry. This is definitely going to happen. It's more of, it's just a nice little side effect of focusing on just that general preparedness. Um, kind of like with the aesthetics and stuff, you get, you just get lots of other stuff that goes with it when you kind of get around strength and conditioning in a general sense. Yeah. One of the principles of CrossFit is, you know, if you read the, what is fitness in a hundred words, um, the, there's a line in there. It's regularly learn and play new sports. So we're not just telling people to get back to doing what they're doing. Let's expand your horizons a little bit. Let's try new things. Let's make yourself do things that you might not have thought you'd be able to do before or, you know, open up your enjoyment to somewhere else where, you know, you might not have thought. You know, one thing I thought was really cool was a couple of weeks ago we took a giant group of people and we went down to Derek's gym and we did some jujitsu and I can tell you that my mind has been spinning about it since then trying to trying to figure out how I can get better at that and you know well, just there's a lot of parallels there I and mean, you know I've talked about that you know enormously in the past the parallels between jujitsu and, and CrossFit and um, you know our mindsets are pretty 
on point, I think, when, when we think about those things and talk about it. So, yeah, I mean, I think that's kind of what I was getting at with the whole, like, it sparked my curiosity, you know, like, um, you know, and it's exposed me to a lot of things. I know I, I never, like, um, when I started doing CrossFit, you know, I, I fucking hated running and I still hate running, but now it's like, how do I get to be a better runner? You know what I mean? And then like talked about going to swim, you know, it's found a huge hole in, in, in my in, in deficiencies and kind of my swimming technique, whatever. And then we talked about, you know, um, and it's kind of where this podcast kind of spawned from, you know, like never re- fucking watched shot put before ever, but and now I want to learn how to shot put, you know, just because of, of the parallel thinkings and things like that and how it applies to all that other stuff. And um, <clears throat> that's pretty much where I was going with the, the, the different. Are there, uh, are there other things that you guys um, and other things that you might pro are, are looking at and, and, and things that you might program into your, your programming that you've found other places? You know what I mean? Is it like... Um, I'm trying to think of examples, you know, like, so like, uh, the big trend in, I think fitness right now is, um, or the thing that keeps popping up to me between, you know, the, the Edo portal stuff and the move Nat, and then talking about Nick Curson is the strengthening of the feet. A lot of people think that, or, or the, the thing now is that everyone's got weak feet, you know, because they've been wearing shoes that protect their feet and don't, you know, um, and if you, you strengthen those foot muscles, it strengthens that nervous system. You're going to get a lot of uh, benefit out of that, you know, transferring power from the heel to the toe and, you know, having a strong midfoot and everything that, and that carries on to the rest of the body. Is that kind of stuff that you're looking at? And is that stuff that you would, you would eventually implement? Or do you think that's almost too specific for the general person? I think that'd be really, really good for a triathlete or something like that. Somebody that's like really specific. But I mean, in the general sense, you might. I think there's other joints that, that are that right. kind of take precedent, like I, the, right. just the hip and shoulder. I, I right. don't, I don't think that that's a bad thing. I think that you know, keeping an open mind. Once again, it, I'm not saying I would never implement anything like that um, if it makes sense, and I can see how the systems are changing. And, and sure, sure, there's no, there's no reason to to say no. But I would, you know, want to see how you know, test it first and then adapt to it later right? and then implement some of that stuff. So yeah. And like I said earlier, I think a lot of CrossFit is open-ended and you have to keep an open mind, you know, to, to, to a lot of things. Now there's other things out there that I'm going to tell you that I think are ridiculous and you shouldn't do. Uh, if you say you should start squatting on a BOSU ball, with uh, 300 pounds on your back. Right. I've seen that online before. Right. That hoverboard oh, one. Man. Oh, shit. Like, yeah. like, don't do that shit. Like, right. like, I know, there's another thing that really is a PSA right now. If you go online and you YouTube CrossFit fails, 90% of what you see is not CrossFit. Oh, it's not even in a gym. Right. right. Most of it is not even in a gym. I hate that video. That and that Australian douche <laughs> <laughs> have you seen that one there's yeah. some australian i think he's like vegan or something like that he's sitting there like he's like oh it's typical crossfit it's typical crossfit why, fuck you why 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 do you have to I mention you as a guy. vegan what's, what's wrong with being a vegan scott <laughs> i'm not saying there's anything wrong with being a vegan it's just not for me i like me too much love it nothing wrong with being a vegan i'm not a vegan but. <laughs> I think that I, I enjoy bacon and other various meats too much to be be vegan. Yeah, that's a 
That's all right. We don't yeah, you, we don't. Yeah, let's, let's, <laughs> you guys want to start talking about politics or? <laughs> yeah, you you can't be a competitive crossfitter and be a vegan or really be anything. <laughs> well, 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 or any any kind of competitive person and be a vegan. Or in a Scott feels. That's Scott's opinion. <laughs> that is not the opinion of ever proven CrossFit myself or probably Kyle either. Who's that? I don't think he's a vegan. Oh, okay, he's just a vegetarian. I think he's no, just a vegetarian. I enjoy I, vegetables, also. He 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 wears leather gloves to fight in. I don't think uh, he can qualify as a vegan. Uh yeah. Well, I mean, we're all vegans. I eat with, with meat on the side. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, I just don't think I could, I could even cut out like, you know. I wear leather shoes and things like that. You know what I mean? Like this, whatever. <laughs> I just, I just can't eat that much tofu on next um, week's podcast. <laughs> right. <laughs> Saying sorry to all the vegans out there. Right. So, um, be, before we, we start to wrap this whole thing up, um, it, I, we're kind of working backwards on this whole thing, but it's just like, uh, what exactly? What what's your backgrounds and and kind of give us a brief uh, brief overview of like what your backgrounds are, what led you to developing this like Alliance performance, um, and and producing like such a good program, in my and in, in my personal opinion. Um, let's see. My background is that I've always been interested in fitness. Um, it's one of those things where I grew up, you know, with, uh, with, with, with some parents that really made that important in my life. Uh, my dad was always the type of dude that was exercising and, and taking care of his body. Um, because we've had some people die young in my, in my family. And, um, it was just one of those things where it's like, how can you preserve your life and, you know, live a happier, fuller life without being, being, uh, restricted to, to not being able to move and, you know, just being healthy. And that really stuck with me my entire life. Um, as far as like finding CrossFit specifically, I was doing a lot of things. Um, I was exercising a lot. I was interested in fitness. I'd been taking some classes in college that were, you know, exercise science related and was, you know, always interested in how that kind of, that kind of stuff moved. Um, was, uh, diagnosed with diabetes, um, type two diabetes and, uh, kind of oddly because I wasn't ever like your typical, you know, obese or out of shape person, but, um, my body just decided that it wanted to keep my blood sugar levels pretty high. So, um, looking at glycemic index, I wasn't really, you know, educated on that at one point. I did a Google search and, uh, Google search glycemic index and found a CrossFit journal article and it was talking about glycemic index and, kind of was like, well, what is this CrossFit thing? And started in investigating it, looking online, looked at the workouts. I was like, what is this? This isn't, this doesn't make sense to me. Like it's only going to be this because the, the main site programming is like, you know, five by five push press or like do a, do a Metcon or, or whatever. And I was like, I don't, I don't see how this is going to work. So, but I decided to like give it a try. I started doing it. I started seeing like really, really good results from it and started implementing some of that in what I was doing. So, you know, long story short, over the years, there wasn't a lot of CrossFit gyms around. Started trying to do it on my own in the global gyms. Get a lot, got a lot of funny looks all the time from people. <laughs> and uh, Been long, there. Yeah, long story short, ended up coaching at another gym that uh, 
um, eventually started, they de-affiliated and, uh, we decided we wanted to keep going with it and started a CrossFit gym out of my basement. And that's where we met Scott. Scott came in, was brought in by another person that was a former athlete of mine that, uh, a lot of people followed us when they dropped their affiliation and we were just working out at my house and it started growing and it started growing and growing and growing to the point where it was like, well, we need to do something with this. And we decided to, we were going to make it a co-op at first. And then that co-op idea just turned into a business by, by accident. Um, and that's just the general story of how I got into CrossFit and, and opened the gym. With that being said, um, we started to find the, the competitive side of things. And I started to really be like, well, how can I take these people and show up, show them that we're display their talents, display my talents, you know, things like that. So I started getting more interested in the competitive side of things and tried to, you know, develop that. And we did very well. We've got a lot of people move on to higher level type of stuff. Eventually I, I wanted to do something more with it. And, um, that's when I decided to develop the ideas of what Alliance performance would be. And that's when I reached out to Kyle to kind of ask his input and, you know, we have a lot of similarities and we have a lot of, uh, a lot of, um, you know, coinciding ideas, I guess. Um, and it worked out very well. So that's why I specifically asked, asked him because I think we agree on a lot of things. So that, that's my, my background on how that whole whole thing kind of came together in a nutshell. Kyle? No. How far back in the background <laughs> are you supposed to go? <laughs> Just give us a general overview of what brought you to this place. Um, like here, right where we're sitting, or oh, like, just just in Alliance uh, performance in general. How how'd you get into CrossFit? I guess is yeah. the big thing. Um, I was in college. I was usually just a gym rat. Like I wasn't somebody that was like super athletic. I just liked working out and stuff. And then some other people in the dorm were doing it. And then um, so looked it up on CrossFit.com. Saw it. I'm like this is stupid. <laughs> Tried it. Did it wrong. I did Fran like it, it slowly. You know, like you'd think, oh, okay, so I'm going to do this. And I'm going to sit friend. down and then rest a little bit. So then um, eventually one of the other kids there was like, no, try to do this as quick as you can, blah, blah, blah. So I tried it. I'm like, oh, that's kind of neat. And then kind of got hooked. And then um, while I was in college doing it, just kind of got into like the competitive side of it, made regionals a couple times and um, kind of changed my major my last year um, from like a pretty time consuming track to like a zoology one and then threw an exercise science minor in on there and then just kind of got out and decided I wanted to open a gym because I don't know um just thought that'd be more fun than going on to grad school and spending lots of money on grad school and all that stuff being in Uh, debt for a long time yeah it'd just be better to actually just spend money on opening a business it's it's a lot easier and then that actually like definitely translates to a livelihood more than a little, little piece of paper that costs tons of money um <laughs> and then just kind of maybe spent a little bit more time being on the competitive side of it and then just kind of took the the that kind of took the back seat and just focused a little more on the business and then the other people in the gym and then um i guess this would kind of be the the progression of that just trying to put some of the stuff that i found that worked for me when i was competitive at it um out there for like just a bigger mass it's kind of just what i do in the gym as a coach just I think Kyle's being pretty humble about himself right now. Uh, I've definitely, uh, (coughs) I've talked, I I think we were in Florida a month ago or so ago for Wadapalooza, and I told his girlfriend like how much I really honestly admire his, uh, his, him as a coach and as an athlete and how he had done stuff. Um, 
he, the dude's smart. And uh, there's a couple of reasons why I, I decided to, you know, ask him to do this with me is because he's had proven results um, and he's humble and um, he's basically just a smart and pretty he's an enjoyable guy to be around too so you're making me blush yeah <laughs> <laughs> we're gonna hold hands later and <laughs> skip off into the sunset <laughs> um you guys have said you've said humble a couple of times and and uh, like as far as like both of you uh, i I've, I've seen you work out kyle um doing doing a competition at our gym and like matt i've worked out with you like both of you are just like highly competitive people what is the most humbling workout you've ever done where just where you just like got done and and i mean this is from a crossfit standpoint it's very very like uh direct question is is what's what's the one workout that you've done where you've just like sat back and it's like fuck that was awful 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 like i gotta get like this is this is like a humbling thing I can definitely just destroyed you. Yeah, I I look back and um, there was a competition we did where it was a you were there, Scott. It was um, it was a couples competition. It was guy girl teams, and um, it was one where I really got spanked. Me and me and Katie were partners, and uh, there was some rope climbs and there was a sandbag run carry and there was all kinds of stuff going on there. And in the middle of it, I was so taxed that I remember thinking to myself why the fuck am i doing this i'm never doing this again <laughs> mental debate and that was like through three or four years ago is, is this before <laughs> or after him. the rope burns that uh, was during during <laughs> i think it was during i have a scar from that from that no on my leg it's about you know 14 inches long it was a bad day constant reminder but uh so that one was definitely a reframing moment and you know since then i've uh I didn't give up on it and I've gotten a lot better. And, uh, I think that was one of the defining moments that I'll never forget about CrossFit and being competitive. Uh, is there, is there any particular moment where you No, just been- most, most of them tend to, um, like any of the ones that I don't do very well on, I tend to, um, I guess they'd be humbling in that I usually, um, I beat myself up pretty good when things don't go really well and they don't go really well most of the time. So, <laughs> Um, that definitely, uh, weighs on my judgment for a lot of it. Um, so like a couple that kind of stand out or it's usually the ones that, that always get the better of me are, are just, just longer workouts in general, usually when they're in a competitive setting. So like, there's like a couple of the regional chippers that when you're out there doing it, um, those, those definitely, you watch everybody kind of passing you cause they can breathe. And then like, you feel like you're just drowning underwater that that that's usually like okay. I need to work on stuff still. I'm not. It it, it kind of keeps you in check, I guess. Oh, there's a lot of things like that. I, I haven't had too many workouts where I get done. And I go, yeah, crushed it. Don't need to get any better at it. Right. Most of them, I tend to flop on the floor and roll around a little bit after. <laughs> and go, wow, that sucked. I need to work on that. Um, I think so that's the beauty of CrossFit too. Is is I was watching a. Uh, it was like the build up to the. To last year's games and it was like I think it was on Killcliff whatever and they like were hanging out with Fraser and he went and worked out with Rich Froning and they were like you know did you notice like what was the big difference between your training and my training and whatever and Fraser said he was like there's no difference in the training he's like you just need to make sure you make it suck as bad as humanly possible you know what I mean so you can always go faster you know what I mean like you know you, 
and and that's the beauty of it is you know you can do, you can do right. a three minute Fran and then you can always push to do a, a two minute and thirty second Fran and then a one minute Fran and then you know so you can always you, if the workout isn't sucking hard enough you're probably not working out hard <laughs> yeah. enough you know what I mean? beauty of beauty one of the things with CrossFit is that. Um, you could be, we'll go talk about the, the leveling again. You could be somebody fresh off the street that's never exercised in the, once in their life and come do a CrossFit workout, and you can be the veteran CrossFit Games athlete and do the same or very similar workout, and guess what? It's going to be the same feeling for both people. Um, and I think that's where you get a common bond a lot of times with, with what people do and um, how you make those connections with you look up and you're like, you are awesome. Well, you are awesome. you know. And I don't know, you, you share a little bit of uh, a misery for a smile. Right, right, uh, and the misery, it, and we say we say it sucks and it's miserable, but it, it, it feels good, you know, at the same time. Yeah, if, that, if that's hard to comprehend, I guess. No, I mean it's it, it, it's awesome if you were related to like a Globo gym. I mean, like when you walk into the, across a gym any given day, you're gonna have like these people that are just uh, are are somewhat hum- superhuman in their movements, right next to somebody that. That, that has just started and be like it'd be like doing bicep curls if you're a 110 pound dude skinny little frame i mean 100 pound 110 pounds soaking wet doing bicep curls right next to rodney coleman and like and he looks over at you and just high fives you afterwards like yeah, good set good set it's it's that that kind of like similarity and and that happens every day at a CrossFit gym and that's and like yeah. you said well, that's the beauty of it. I think the beauty of it is too is you giving someone to feel something feel accomplished about mm-hmm. you know what I mean. A lot of people I think they they lack that in their their daily life. You know, um, yeah. they go and they you kind of get caught up in the fact that you, you know you're sitting in a cubicle and you're there because you need to pay bills and you know and you're raising kids and you know you get you get caught up in all their stuff that's going on or whatever and at the end of the day you're like what did I accomplish you know and you know you might be accomplishing a lot throughout that day that it's just kind of going what, is, over what does your it mean head. to you though you right know, and like, then you go you go to CrossFit or, or whatever your your activity is and you know and, and and you work really hard and you accomplish something and then someone else is acknowledging your accomplishments and whatever you know it kind of gives you that that feeling of purpose right. and, and and that you're actually out there living life so yeah. that's really cool yeah um nice. is there some place that these that people that are listening to this can get in touch with you or, or find Alliance Performance. I know it's kind of something that anybody can follow. Whatever, yeah. You have, um, get that information. One thing that's cool about I've been um, tracking some of the stuff for Alliance Performance, and um, we've made a Facebook page. We have a website, um, and some of the anal- analytics I've looked at. I mean, we have people looking at Alliance Performance in the short amount of time it's been up there from literally all over the country and different places in the world, which is is pretty neat to see some of that stuff. Um, I definitely have been telling people to get some media involved in it um and send us some stuff so we can put it on the website which is www.allianceperformancewad.com and you can check us out on facebook it's just under alliance performance uh if you search that on facebook but yeah check out allianceperformancewad.com send us some media if you're actually following the stuff uh i would love to be able to highlight you guys that are following it as athletes and um show that there's some pretty cool stuff happening all over the place. And, um, yeah, you can definitely check it out. Yeah. So also check out, um, I think we've said this a few times and I think you guys are pretty good about checking, you know, promoting us, but, uh, you know, check out our, our gyms respectively, ever proven CrossFit. If you're in the New Hampshire seacoast, if you're in the Southern Maine region, check out CrossFit 207 mm-hmm. and, uh, our respective websites. Um, just Google search our names and we'll, um, we'll gladly help you guys out. Yeah. Nice. 
Well, thank you for coming on, gentlemen. Yeah. Thanks for having us. Cool. All right. See you next See time. See you later. Yeah. <laughs>